I'm Sean Bowles, and I want to welcome you to Exploring the Prophetic Podcast. I have a passion for how the prophetic gifts can change the world around us. They make simple, everyday people like you and I a catalyst for life-changing experiences with the supernatural. You know, every time I do an Exploring the Prophetic episode, I just start to think about you who are listening, and I just think, how can I take them on a journey that will challenge and stretch them to think outside of any box that they've they've been in before? And I know for me, I'm constantly just learning how to be teachable and learning how to think in ways I haven't thought before. And I'm hungry. I'm growing. I'm growing right now. And how do I impact culture and people around me that I've never have experience for? I'm not in the same socioeconomic status. I'm not in the same race, the same gender, whatever it is, the same age group. And people like Cindy McGill, who I have on today, give me a lot of courage. I've been friends with her for years. I remember one of the first things she she was stretching outside of her her limitations and saying, "Why?" And I think she was pastoring a four-square church at the time with her husband, Tim. And, and she's like, why don't we go and, and just do a spiritual-seeking kind of book fair at the library to see if people will come and get spiritual readings from us and we'll just be stealth as Christians. I'm like, is that even Christian legal? She's like, I don't know, but let's just go there and give people readings and we'll, we'll prophecies and, and share with them things about Jesus in a stealth way and see what happens. So we did it and it was so profound because one of the ladies who came, she owned a new age bookstore and she actually carried my book on Keys of His Economy because it had an angelic visitation and it really touched her life. So she came seeing my name on this on this library convention and she carries my book in her bookstore, a new age bookstore. It's probably the only new age bookstore who carries a Christian book like this. And she said, I wanted to talk to you. And I, we started to talk and I was able to help unravel the difference between what she'd experienced and what she thought was Christianity and then what true Christianity is with Jesus. And she got beautifully saved in that moment. It was just so awesome. And it was because of Cindy pulling me outside of my comfort zone and saying, let's do something for a different people group. Like we do every conferences for the church, but let's do something for someone else. And it was really beautiful. And so we went on a journey together where she's trained our teams in, in Los Angeles at our church several times and spoken at our church a bunch of times with her husband, Tim. And I've just been on a journey, but she's also just other entertainment leaders and other people around the world. She's she's trained, but she's also someone who you can bring into your church group. Your you can bring her materials in your church group, especially dream interpretation, and it changes the way that you approach the supernatural. Because if we're going to participate and see God's love come through the prophetic and through our lives, he's going to lead us into places that we wouldn't have chosen for ourselves or even thought to go in the first place. And I love her because she's so safe. Like you're going to hear some of the stories today and it might make you like a pinball machine go tilt a little bit. Like maybe religiously you're thinking like, you can't do that. But then she did. And there's been great fruit from it consistently time after time. And there's been no follow-up. None of her team in all these years that have been going with her for 18 years or more have entered into a life of sin or been like crazy or like entered into one of the environments and you know went mad or went off the deep end in the environment they've all stayed the course and so I love that and she's also brought a lot of people who have just never done extreme outreach or places I call extreme outreach but just outreach into places that you know like this before and she's brought them and it's actually changed their view of Christianity because they're starting to see how to love people they wouldn't normally love so Cindy this is who she is she's a wife she's a mother and a grandmother she's a dream interpreter a spiritual coach and she calls herself a friend to everybody so she has this passion to help people just receive healing from life's trauma and get in their fullness especially over destructive issues that people face today but she really goes after real answers and gives people the ability to make real choices based on 
having all the options available, which is really beautiful. Her, her book is called What Your Dreams Are Telling You, Unlocking Solutions While You Sleep. And it's popular both in the Christian and the secular environment, which is awesome. She's been on everything from Christian radio shows and podcasts like this, but also into the, some of the supernatural radio shows that are out there on secular AM channels. Uh, she's interpreted thousands of dreams in the United States and abroad, including at porn conventions, the Olympic Sundance Film Festival, Burning Man, Black Rock Desert in Nevada, other New Age expos and fairs. She just loves seeing God pull her into um, atmospheres with teams to see what he will do, which I love. So I want to encourage you. You're going to really enjoy hearing from Cindy and open your heart, open your ears. Her One of the words that she is really focused on right now is teachability, trainability. I want to be as teachable as possible. So listen with listening ears and maybe think um, – in a new way today, like ask God to give you a new brain and a new mind and a new set of his love rules, which are totally different sometimes than religious rules that are put on us by our experience or our conditioned environment. So before we get there, I have two offers to share with you right now that help you to relate and connect to the world around Bulls Ministries and what I'm doing. I want to encourage you. I'm going on lots of tours this year in 2019 and 20 as well. And so go to our website, bullsministries.com, to find out about tours. We have e-courses. We have devotionals. We have all kinds of things to resource your prophetic journey. Come with us on the journey, but here you go. Hey, this is Sean Bowles, and I'm excited to offer you, our audience of Exploring the Prophetic, a basic Prophetic 101 e-course that's going to help on-ramp you into great theology, great tools, and great practice to develop your own prophetic gift. I think every single one of us needs either a refresher course, if you've already been through one, or we need an initiation course that gives us the faith to take on these incredible gifts of prophecy, words of knowledge, words of wisdom, discernment, with wisdom to be able to articulate what God wants to say to the world around you. There is a growth curve in the prophetic that you could actually be in an intentional journey to not have the pain that comes along with growing on your own or growing without the tools. So grab hold of tools like this e-course. It's an eight-week e-course. It's going to give you, like I said, theology and practical steps over eight weeks. There's over five hours of videos, but they're broken up into two or three videos a week. So there's bite-sized pieces or you can binge watch them. There's a lot of assignments. There's a lot of activations. There's prayers of impartation. Come with me on the journey. I want to personally mentor you through this e-course. You're going to love it. Prophetic 101. Go to bullsministries.com. We are on today with a very special guest and someone who I really admire, respect, and have been friends with for, I don't know, we've been friends for so long. I love it. But this is Cindy McGill. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm glad to be on the show. I yeah, know. we have been friends for a very long time, Sean. <laughs> I know. You You are like, I, I think of you a lot because there's sometimes when I need backbone in my faith <laughs> and I'm like, where's my backbone? Where's my backbone? And I think of you in stories, <laughs> things we've done together, things I've heard from you, things that I've had team go with you. I've had, you know, for years to places that a lot of Christians don't even see. They just see them as like, they see the devil. They don't see God in a lot of areas right. that you would go to. And so like, I am just so formed by your faith and your process. Like you've shared so many things. Even when you teach, I think a lot of the things I love about your teaching is that you share your process. You share what you're going through, what you're thinking about, but then you ground it in the word because you have this 40 years of pastoral ministry that just grounds everything. But right. I'm excited to talk to you today so our listeners can Thank hear you. from you. And I know many of them will know you, but some I'll be introducing you to. But tell us kind of about what you do right now. And then I'm going to go right into a story because you just got back from one of your epic outreaches. 
We did. We did. Yeah. Um, yeah. We, in fact, um, you know, you're right about wanting to reach people outside the church. I think for the longest time, um, you know, when we pastored and we would see the same people in the same place, sitting in the same chair, singing the same <laughs> songs every totally. week. And I thought, this can't be it. I mean, yeah. it, this just can't be all there is to to life and God. And um, I've always had an evangelist heart. I've always wanted to see people come into the kingdom and then grow and get their foundation, leave their old stuff behind, you know. And um, so um, I... I um, I felt like that, you know, the world has changed, but the church has not. And that was my starting point, I think, um, back in, I think, 90, um, in the late 90s, I guess. I was working at that time just uh, part-time for an oral surgeon, and he was seeking. He was a seeker, and uh, he was really dabbling in the new age. And for a um, staff, um, I guess, a uh, motivational thing. He wanted us all to go to a four-day New Age conference uh, in Eugene, Oregon. And I thought, I'm not, I'm not going to a New Age conference. You know, I, I'm not New Age. And so um, I went back to my church, to my people, people that I trusted, and we prayed together. And they all felt, and I did too, that God said, go, I want you to go. And that was kind of where this all started because I thought, you've got to be kidding. I mean, like you want me to, you want me to go and stay four days in a, in a place that I'm completely against and (laughs) don't have any understanding of, you know, what happened was when I got there, um, there were just too many opportunities because people were already spiritually hungry in that arena. Um, I began to give prophetic words from God and instead of going over to the psychics or going over to people who uh, did tarot cards or crystal balls or whatever, they were coming to me. Wow. So, um, and I had another friend who worked in the office who was also a Christian. So she and I began to tag team giving words <laughs> of, not, no kidding. I mean, it was like. I can like, just picture this, like a new age brand, you guys hijack it, like on accident. And we did. <laughs> we, and God did it. It was hysterical. And I thought, you've got to be, this is wonderful. Like people are getting saved. They're literally connecting with, with um, Jesus. They're connecting with the author of life and, and, um, they're hearing things that are hitting the mark. This is truth on the, you know, the inside of them. And so that was really where it began to start. And then we, um, we began to have dreams and have all kinds of, uh, God was giving us prophetic dreams. And this is and one of the things that's understand. marking you the most is the prophetic dreams. I mean, you, yeah. a lot of things in the prophetic mark you, but I mean, prophetic dreams specifically, you, I've watched you interpret homeless people's dreams and new agers dreams and CEOs dreams. Like you just have this ability to not only interpret, but also train other people, almost like the Daniel one seventeen. like God's giving you the ability to understand dreams and he's giving you the yes. ability to help others understand dreams, which has been so key, but keep going. Yeah, it was, it was funny too, because in the beginning I was receiving dreams, but we had, and they had a lot of symbols in them and I had no idea what they meant. I just knew they were from God because the presence of God was in our room when we woke up, Tim and I both, my husband. And so we thought, what on earth is this? You know, like, what do we do with this? And we tried to find different people who could help us understand them. And so, um, I did end up going through, um, 
John Paul Jackson's courses on dreams. He's the only one that I could see at that time that had anything on dreams. And the, again, this is the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. So I took the courses and I'm telling you, I mean, honestly, I was the worst student in the class. <laughs> I mean, I, I didn't get one dream right. He had all oh these examples. He was giving us training and I, it was all quantum physics. It was the circle, you know, the circle of fifths. It was this and that. And I had it way, way above my head. I'm way too, I just simple. I'm simple. You know, I don't, I don't think on those levels. And so, um, I would raise my hand to interpret a dream, and it was so bad that he stopped calling on me to even give it a shot. You know? a, I, I thought, should give our listeners hope. Cindy's like an expert now. That should give you hope. <laughs> well, what happened was I thought, you know what? I'm, God told me I want you to run with the dream thing. And, and so I knew that that meant I want you to trust me. God, you know, God was telling me, I want you to trust me to learn to interpret dreams. And so I invested in it myself. I just kept doing it. I just kept going out and I would go to coffee shops and I would go to places where I thought people, you know, might be available to have dreams done. Then I found out they were, I'd be on a plane or I'd be on a, a, a public transportation of some sort and people would be talking about their dreams. And they go, I had the weirdest dream last night. And so I just took the opportunity to just enter intercept the conversation and go, oh, tell me what it was, you know, I'm practicing learning to interpret. And then, um, and so then I hosted the uh, dream team for the 2002 Winter Olympics in Salt Lake City. And we had like 23 or 25 dream interpreters and none of us knew what we were really doing. <laughs> so perfect. We, we set ourselves up in a hotel. Um, we wanted to set up in a hotel across from where all the, uh, you know, world media was like, so we were going to be on world TV with our baby dream interpretation skills. Mm -hmm. You know, it was just ridiculous. And so, um, uh, we, we begin to interpret and, and some, we got right. Some people just walked off. Um, and then, uh, I, I was getting frustrated. I thought, you know, what, how am I supposed to do this? And, um, the Holy Spirit spoke to me very clearly and said, will you chill out? I know how to do this. Wow. And so I quit striving to do it. I, I quit. Awesome. I, I almost shoved all of the information that I'd learned from anybody out of my mind. And I just began to listen to what he had to say. And we had a young girl um, who at that time at the Olympics, they, you know, people had the little, uh, pins. They were um, souvenirs, you know, yeah. of 2002 Winter Olympics. And this little girl behind the counter of a hotel had a, a Mormon church, you know, they had the Mormon temple on there, 2002. So I knew she was about 20 something. She was a young Mormon girl. And she goes, and we were trying to uh, set up a table in the lobby of the hotel, because we thought, well, let's just be practical. I mean, if we're going to interpret dreams, let's go to where people are dreaming. And if they're dreaming, they're sleeping, right? So let's go to the hotels. So um, I said, can we set up a table here and be available to interpret dreams just as a gift to the uh, 2002 Olympics? And she goes, well, I'll ask the manager. But she said, I had a dream. Mm. And so we uh, said, well, tell us you know, tell us your dream, tell us what it was. And she said, in this dream, I was in a hallway 
and we and I knew that hallways represented transition places. You're moving from one door to another. So um, she said I was in a hallway, and while I was coming down the hallway, um, I saw a, I saw Jesus, and he was looking in my face and calling on my name, and. You know, me and two other people who were with me, we all were, uh, mouths were hanging open, like, this is the best one yet, you know. So she said, but while he was, I was coming toward him during in this hallway, uh, there was light coming from him. It felt like the earth was shaking. And, um, but there was a little woman who appeared right next to me, and she was very short, and she looked like she was from another country, possibly Guatemala. Or something, and she was saying to me at the same time Jesus was talking to me. This woman was saying to me, "Whatever you do, don't look in his face and don't call on his name." Wow. And I said, "She goes, what do you think that means?" And instantly, I thought, "It's a foreign spirit. Mm. It's it's from a foreign country. It's foreign, and it's older, which tells me that the older generation." the personal relationship of Jesus calling on, you know, calling our name and wanting us to come near him in a, in a personal relationship. This concept was foreign to them. Mm-hmm. And I said, I think you should look in his face and I think you should call on his name. And she was crying and she said, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. And to me, I thought there's a whole bunch of young people uh, in, that are that are have been raised in a different religion or a, maybe a different concept of, of of Jesus and who He is that are getting ready to have a personal wow. invitation, a personal encounter with the One who made them, and they're going to become saved. They're they're going to be saved even in their dreams. Wow! Um, so it really encouraged me, and um, so then we began to do. You know, the Sundance Film Festival is here. I live in Utah now, and um, we're getting ready to move. But uh, for years, we did uh, the Sundance Film Festival, and I would have like 50 dream interpreters on the streets of Sundance. And we had our cameras. And it was funny because we didn't know how to use cameras, but everyone else had a camera. So (laughs) So we got a camera. We even had it upside down at one time. I mean, it was that (laughs) bad. And so, um, you know, and here's all these... uh, independent filmmakers, movie stars, people, you know, just, and, and we would interpret the dream uh, of someone on the street, just out in the cold, and the Holy Spirit would show up, and people even passing us by would stop, and they would listen to what the dream was, and then they would listen to the interpretation, and we were capturing it on film, and, um, and it was so wonderful. Like, I mean, people were literally getting rocked by having a, an interp- a dream interpreted that God had given them. Um, and as we know, um, a lot of people who, you know, have prophetic dreams, they have dreams that they just can't get rid of. They can't shake off. They've had more than once. They, it, 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 it's a brand on their spirit, so they can't get answers. So they go to psychics. That's the only thing they know to do. So I thought, well, well, dream interpretations, dreams belong to God. According to Joseph, you know, Isaiah or Genesis, uh, you know, Joseph said, don't, don't the interpretations belong to God? God will give you an answer of peace. And so I thought, well, if they belong to God, then we should have them. Right. So, so um, 
So we, we continued to do that, and we even made a documentary, which was really funny. We had all these dreams that we'd interpreted on the streets of Sundance, and so we um, miraculously, it all came together to where we could actually produce a documentary on this uh, subject, and we submitted it to Sundance, oh, wow. and they turned it down. Um, and, you know, we're careful that we're, not everyone believes the same way we do about God. They don't believe the same way we do about Jesus. They have a different idea of yeah. him or a different definition or a different, um, they think that he's something other than he is. So we're very careful to listen to God about how he wants us to communicate. But we submitted it to Sundance. They turned it down. So we decided that we would just rent a screen ourselves during the festival and show the film. Oh, wow. Which we did. And God gave us favor to do it. And, and some, some lady just said, oh, well, I have this time and this time open, and I'll just charge you $500. You can show your film. And we made it free, and we made posters and put them up and down the streets of Sundance. And we literally had lines of people waiting to get in. Wow. They couldn't. They, they saw it the first time. They brought their friends back to see it the second time, and we didn't have enough room in the, in the theater to even have them. Wow. Uh, in there because it was, it, they were blocking the aisle and everything. And um, so then people were going to the Sundance box office to get tickets to a movie that Sundance had turned down. <laughs> it was really funny. I mean, awesome. the whole thing was free and that's just how God works. It's like, you know, we're not, we're just not, um, we, we just figure that he's God and we like to see him be God and do whatever he wants to do. And, so now it's advanced from just dream interpretation. Now we're doing, you know, prophetic evangelism um, in the world that we currently live in. And I can speak to that from having been saved in the 70s and how we in the Jesus movement. And then we pastored churches all these years. And so we've got our generation that understands God in a certain way. And we were trained in charismata and all this, you know, <laughs> and then, but I've had to unlearn. I've had to be retrained. I'd, I've had to have God teach me to stop using learned behavior ideas or phraseology that we, that really didn't have an impact on this generation. They don't, you know, they didn't know what we were talking about. Bible verses don't work. Jesus loves you. They don't know what that means. Uh, they don't think that he's right. They think he's the reason for bad things happening. You know, the devil has done a great job confusing yeah. uh, the generation and blaming God for things he, the devil himself is doing. So um, God began to teach us how to talk to the generation that we're reaching. Well, let me Which let me let me do um, maybe lay this out a little bit for people who are listening. So, you went from like Sundance Film Festival and some, you know, in the in the um, Olympics and some New Age kind of fair type stuff, and you guys, God deployed you with some of these strategies of, over prophetic evangelism for places like Burning Man. If you haven't heard of Burning Man, it's a festival that happens every year. It's a hedonistic festival where the CEOs of major corporations, along with Young millennials, movie stars, musicians all come together to just have this week in the desert. And it's crazy. Lots of drugs usually happen there. Lots of creativity. 
but it's kind of just like it is pure hedonism. And you guys go there every year. Then you also go, and this is what you just got back from, is the Adult Film Awards. You'll go to the Adult Film Awards or to Adult Expos and set up a booth to do dream interpretation or spiritual readings or whatever. And you guys are seeing like so many people touched with the love of God because they're people who would never go to a church, never, not once, not turn on one Christian station, one Christian movie. They'd stay away from it completely. And you guys are going and finding it. It's like kind of the lost sheep. Like I, I left the 99 to go after the one. You guys are, right. But, but right now on the earth, we, we're not sure that there's even as many Christians as non-Christians on the earth right now in demographics. And you guys are going after the, you know, it's, it's now probably half are not saved on the earth. And so you guys are going right. after and you're leading teams into places that Christians have felt not only it's not right to go, but it's illegal to go spiritually. And you're saying, right. why? There's people there that they'll never, well, they'll never find Jesus if we don't go. Like we have to go and they're already having dreams, already having encounters. And we're saying, we acknowledge your encounter. This is what it means, which is so profound. So, okay, yeah. I just wanted to set that. I just wanted to kind of set the table a little bit because I feel like a lot of people are listening. I want them to get a grid for you guys were like conservative, but not conservative pastors, but in some conservative denominations, you guys have never been conservative, but uh, in some <laughs> conservative denominations. And you guys went from like just really Bible believing denominations to who stay very in, in, inverted and saying, we have to go out there. And it's been radical. It has been radical. And uh, the one thing that we do is uh, we, our teams are formed um, of people who will go unconditionally. They will love unconditionally. And so there's no judgment. There's no, um, you know, we don't try and condemn them. We don't try to shame them into change. All we do is we just offer um, a love and a acceptance of the person, maybe not the action, but the person. Yeah. And but we also understand that that this is epidemic level now. People in the especially in the porn industry, in the adult industry, the young children and young kids are being swept into this yeah. industry because of the money. And because of uh, what they think they can do, and they're they're fed a lie about modeling. You're so beautiful. You know you should do this and do that. And it's just a frog in the water. It's like they. Uh, and so we thought, well, we're going to go in, and we're going to be moms, and we're going to be dads, and we're going to go and offer them an opportunity to talk to us and to give us, you know, just just we'll be there for them. You know, we'll develop relationship. We've been doing this now for about nine years. And wow. this year, like we just got back from Vegas again. This was our ninth year and there. This is the adult award and show. This is the from. adult award show. This is their <laughs> Isn't that where everybody Oscars. goes? Was Joel Osteen there leading a booth? I wasn't there. Me and Joel weren't there. <laughs> it's <laughs> and, so radical. Yeah. And, and uh, we had a young girl, this time we didn't really have a booth. We just wandered around, you know, we have these wristbands and we have them pick a color and they all have, uh, affirmation words on them. Like, uh, one says you, you, uh, have purpose, you have, um, identity and you are loved. Wow. And so they wear them and we tell them, this is your future forecast. You know, this is for you, uh, success and succeed harmony and happiness. You know, it's like we give them something to hold on to. And this year, um, we had a couple of girls who were wandering around, you know, we go in twos and, uh, they, uh, encountered a young, uh, porn star who said, Oh my gosh, I remember you from last year. She said, 
um, she pushed everyone away. There were people wanting to take her picture. There were people who were bringing her water. They were trying to enter, you know, just get her attention. And she shoved all of them away. She said, go away, leave me alone. She said, I need 20 minutes with these people right here. Wow. And she said, you told me things last year that have absolutely transformed my life. She said, I'm getting ready to get out. I'm getting wow. ready to make a change in my life. And we were like, yahoo, like finally, you yes. know, these, these, it's like they're wanting to, to change directions. They want to fulfill their real identity and not what they've settled for, you know? Absolutely. And, um, and there was a man who came up to me who, who chased me down this year, uh, in the adult uh, arena and said, he said, I got to tell you something. I got to tell you. He said, you gave me a word. I he said, you said something to me. You gave me some words, future words. We, um, we, we, we call ourselves futurists or we say we, we know future things sometimes. And, I, and he said, you gave me some words about my future and you told me some things were going to happen in the spring. I was going to have a change. And he said, it freaked me out. It spooked me. And even my guy behind me <laughs> was spooked when you, yeah, he said, it spooked me when you said that. And he goes, but then in May, I had a wreck. He goes, I, my car went out of control. It said it was almost like my wheels of my car started taking on their own, wow. like it started going whichever way it wanted. It was being banging back against uh, the, um, you know, the, on the freeway against the, the barriers on the freeway. And he said, I thought I was going to die. He said, all of a sudden, uh, I had a white light appear to me oh my and I saw my wife who had died. How I love, she said, she, she's the love of my life. She had died. And, and then your face appeared and your words that you spoke to me came back to me at that moment while I'm in the car having wow. this, my car out of control. And he goes, he goes, you, God didn't want me to die. He didn't wow. want me to die. I said, no, he doesn't want you to die. He's giving you a second chance. Wow. I said, this is what we were talking about. Something different was going to happen in the spring. And he goes, it did, it did. He goes, you got to hold on to me. He hugged me like, I don't know, five times. Wow. And he said, we got to keep in touch. He's an older Jewish man. He has a booth there every year. And he said, you've got to keep in touch with me because I've got to know what what God's telling you wow. about me. And, you know, when I first started going in to the adult arena, I was freaked out myself because um, I had to learn to become unafraid. Yeah. And that's, I think that's where we are as a church. We have to learn to become unafraid. These are people that Jesus died for. But well, they've and, lost direction. Yeah, it's wild because they're, they're people who've been, they're prostituted themselves, even if they're the ones who are leading the organization. And I remember going to Thailand. I think I talked to you about this one time where I went to Thailand with a group. And the group we went who sponsored us there, they've only ever had the guys talk to the Johns and the girls go into the, the clubs. And they rent time with the girls and then they just talk to them about Jesus and they love on them and whatever. And it's very conservative. And while we're on the streets, I was like, no, we can have a, we can have a new way. There's a new way to do this. It's not, I respected their model, love their model. But I was like, these girls need to see, and there's a bunch of guys with me. It wasn't just me as a guy. There's a bunch of guys. These, these girls need to see a father. They need to see a brother. They need to see a man who's not going to objectify him. And I feel like right. all the guys except for one didn't struggle with porn. So I said, anybody who doesn't struggle with porn at all or doesn't have that battle, 
come with me. Let's go inside with the girls and we're going to like pray. And if you don't struggle with it, if you haven't entered into it, then when you see these girls, you're not immediately drawn to the lust of it. You're like, you actually start to get sad. You start to see the little girl who Jesus loves, who's someone's daughter, who if they had the right father, they would have never been in this situation in the first place. If they had the right person speaking their life of who they are sexually, this wouldn't be their identity. And I remember we had so much impact. There were so many prophetic words, so many girls crying in our arms. And the leaders of the other organization said, we never saw this. We've taken out the fathers from their job because we're so afraid that they're going to lust over the girls. But man, if, if you could bring purity into these environments and say, I see you for who you are. I, I can look past all this crap. And to me, it's, it was no different than going to homeless shelters, which I've gone to for decades. It's no different from going to the ports of the porn dumps. It's like you're going into a place where there's spiritual depravity, where there's all kinds of stuff happening, but, but we're going for the, the one he loves. And it's like you look past all the crap and you look at the person and you're I like, know. you're so yeah. beautiful. Like you don't realize how beautiful you are. It's right. awesome. Well, when I first started going in, because I was so shocked, I took my breath away. I had no idea. I'd never been in it. And so God said, look, you're seated with me in heavenly places. And it looked like theater seats. And he pushed a seat down. Jesus pushed a seat down and said, come sit right here. Sit right here with me. Now see this from my perspective. And he said, I've already seen this. I'm not shocked. This isn't, so don't be shocked. And then he said, Um, if you follow me, just follow me, just trust me and follow me. I will make you fishers of men. Wow. He didn't say you're already going to have the answers before you get there. He said, just follow me. I'm already there. Like I I will show you what to do. I will tell you what to say. I will give you the words. And honestly, I don't see the stuff going on around me. I don't see the the lewdness. I don't see the nudity. I don't see any of the stuff. I see their heart. I see who they are. I see who God made. Um, their stories are just horrible. I mean, some of them have just been abused since they were little and, um, mostly, and they just are so shattered and broken. They don't know where to go. They don't know who. So they form a pack, you know, they form a pack of broken people. It's, it's, it reminds me of toy story. Mm. And the Sid's toys, you yeah. know, that had been broken. all disfigured and they had, um, you know, all, the they didn't look like what they were created for. Right. But they ended and, up being um, so kind and so good. <laughs> well, yeah. I will say this. I remember at the, um, you know, one of my friends, he goes to the Burning Man every year. Uh, his company goes and he's a CEO and his business partner goes. And, you know, of course, the story. But I want to say for our listeners his business partner goes, who's not a Christian, who's would never go to church with them. We would never like, and this particular guy is really spiritual and, and, and his partner who was one of my board members is totally prophetic. And it's just like, he'd never afflicted him. He never religiously oppressed him. He just was like, this is the, what I do in spirituality and I'm a Christian and this is who I am. And I'd love for you to experience at some point, even just going to church on Easter and the man wouldn't go. Well, he goes to burning man after many years, seven years, five years, he goes to Burning Man, and you guys have your um, your setup there. And he, <laughs> the bur- what's it called, the Burn Lounge? Freedom no, Lounge. Freedom Lounge, I'm so sorry, my brain. Yeah, and, uh, Freedom so Lounge. He, goes to fr- he ends up finding you guys at the Freedom Lounge, doesn't know you're connected to my friend Kurt, who you've met, and he doesn't know it all. And he just goes there. He's like, oh, this sounds interesting. And he goes and gets like something like a spiritual cleansing or something, one of your menu items that you had on the board. Yes. <laughs> 
And he gets so gripped by God, he comes back to Kurt. He's weeping, and he goes, I just found Jesus. And Kurt's like, what are you talking about? And he said, these people over at this booth just introduced me to Jesus. They just they told me who he was, and I had an encounter with them. They prayed for me, and I thought they were doing something. I thought I was just experiencing like enlightenment with like New Age gurus. It, they were Christians, and they were totally like so beautiful. They were so beautiful. And he's like crying, going, I never knew Jesus was so beautiful, and he's still a Christian to this day. But he met yeah. Jesus because he would never go to church. And he met right. Jesus because you guys were brave <laughs> and courageous and paid your own way, like a whole team of however many of you guys go and said, we're just going to love people. And so I just think that oh, yeah. there's something about the model and what you're touching where it's, it's, it's saying, I will be the feet of Jesus and go places. Like the missions field, we, to go to an unreached people group in the missions field who's never heard of Jesus is one thing, and it's celebrated. But as soon as you go to a place that's a friends group, immediately there's like a, wait, what are you doing and why are you doing this? What are the significance issues in your life, Cindy, that you need to go there? You know, it's like this weird right. religious judgment comes on people right. like, what's, what's in your past? What are you doing? Versus, right. yay God. Well, we felt like at Burning Man, um, it was, a, it was a, you know, quite a different experience too because we, we became a theme camp where <laughs> we introduced people by our menu board that God gave me this idea and he said, I want you just to list out things and use language that just describe me by my attributes instead of by my name. Because if you use my name, they're going to already put you in a box. They're going to think that you're a one way when you're not that way. So I want you to change your language up. In other words, uh, don't, you know, call me um, peace, prince of peace. You can call me light, way, truth. And so um, we, we would always ask people, would you like to have an encounter with a spirit of truth? Well, who doesn't? You know, and they would come to our camp and they would visit us. And we had this menu board down. And uh, the first one was um, organic restart. Welcome (laughs) to your new life, (laughs) (laughs) which is salvation. We had spiritual cleansing and redefinement, which is deliverance. We had um, organic spiritual alignment, which is uh, stripping away of all the old stuff and all the stuff that you've, you know, it's, it's like a spiritual, cl- yeah, it's, it's a alignment with, with the correct uh, truth, you know, the spirit of truth, which is the Holy Spirit. And then we had um, uh, uh, true identity or um, true reflections is what we called it, true reflections, where we would put a mirror up and we would uh, stand with the mirror and we'd sit them in front of the mirror and say, what do you see every day when you look at yourself? Wow. And they would begin to say it. And we said, well, here's what we see. Wow. And so while they're looking at themselves, we're literally giving them a complete new identity wow. and giving them a new, a new uh, image of themselves. So when they see that, uh, and then we had oils that had different scents and we would put it under their nose and give them the little vial of oil. So every time they smelled it, they remembered the encounter. Um, and we had people tell us, um, you know, when they had a spiritual encounter, we said, well, it's by invitation. I've already had mine and everyone else has had theirs here. So if you just want to put your hands out and say, spirit of truth, come, well, that's the Holy Spirit. And yeah. we gave him great freedom to move any way he wants to move. And he did. And their heads would go back. They would start speaking in tongues. They would begin to um, 
they would begin to cry and weep. They would tell us everything that accompanies salvation. They said, my mind's getting clear. I feel my lungs are filling up with air. I feel like 500 pounds have fallen off my back. I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm new. I feel like I'm becoming new. And they go, what is this? Who, what are you? Who is this? How do I get this? And we said, well, there's a hookup. (laughs) <laughs> and we go, you just had an encounter with the one who made you and the way has made a way for you to get there. And that is through Jesus. Wow. Now they've had the encounter and they're like, I can't deny that I had this encounter. And I said, well, I've, I am a follower of Jesus. I call myself a follower of Jesus instead of Christian. If I call myself Christian, they've also put me in a box, right? So I call myself a follower of Jesus. And I said, that's where my information comes from. That's where this experience came from, is from Jesus. And But I like that you're you're somehow in the encounter, they're being led. They're saying, I have to know this. Like you guys are starting with the, because I remember one of the stories that I told you um, last time we talked, um, we had done a recording like this and it didn't work out, but I told you, and I love this story because I just heard it is I met this man on one of my trips here in California. And he said, Hey, um, my brother is actually a transsexual transvestite uh, type person in a, in a club uh, or a society of transsexual, transgender, transvestites and all these gender uh, relationship you know, type things. And I can't remember which one his brother was, what, what type he was, but he said he, we grew up in the church and uh, Catholic church we were abused by priests. And my brother um, ended up hating the church and they started what was called the sisters of Prote- perpetual indulgence with a group of people, mm. which was like this group of nuns that are actually trannies, you know? And so they, they go to Burning Man a lot. And so one of the years they were, they set up a booth that was very close to your booth and he didn't know what your booth was, so he went over. This brother goes over who doesn't believe in Jesus, is really mad at God, really mad at the church, hates the church, hates religion, hates anything organized, and is now living like a really militant lifestyle that's very religious, hardcore for the homosexual issue. And so he comes to your, your booth, and he just was like, oh, this sounds interesting, and he has a God encounter with Jesus. And it yes. wrecks his world because he's like, I mean, he's, he's so ambushed into it. And at first he was mad at you guys. Cause he's like, they're Christian. These Christians came in here and tricked me, <laughs> but he knew he had the real encounter. So he was like, no, this is God. Who's actually, this is the only way I could have been drawn to God. And it changed everything. Like he literally took off all of his stuff and like just had his shorts on and was just a man and was like, I am getting recreated in God. Like I'm starting to see who I was supposed to be. This wasn't God who the Catholic priest isn't God. These things, you know, he just went through this transformation and so his brother was telling me, he's like, my, I got my brother back um, and I got my brother who loves again. And my brother realized he was so religious on the other end of being non-religious because he was so mad. And he had an encounter at Burning Man through your friend, Cindy McGill. And uh, it wasn't actually you, it was your team. And I was laughing so hard just going, of course, of course he did. Of course, one of these people who had never found Jesus shows up. And I just think that that's the beauty of of being brave in your faith to say yes to love people who are not in our tribe or stream of thought. You know, there's just, right. they're outside of where we normally look. Yeah. You know, there's a couple things. Uh, one is, is that we, we've only got one shot at this on this earth. Um, and so why be afraid? Yeah. I mean, it, it's like, there's so many wonderful things that God is going to do. He's already, he wouldn't have told us to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature and, and then 
you know, put up fences around parts of the world we can't go into, right? Yeah. So he said, go into all the world. And he also, he told me, he said, I want you to do uh, three things. He said, I want you to be thankful. This is my word for the year. Be thankful, be honoring, and be teachable. Wow. He said, there's things that, that you haven't learned yet because I haven't showed you wow. what I've got. I've got mysteries that have been stored up that you haven't even come into contact with. And so he wants us to be kind and just go in and be unafraid and, and take some chances. You know, everyone's, you're always going to have those moments where you think, oh, I blew it, you know, or I shouldn't have done that, or I could have done this, or hindsight's always twenty twenty. Yeah. But um, I think that my excitement, and I think the excitement on the church right now, I think, honestly, if there's a spotlight from heaven, it is on the harvest. It yeah, is on absolutely. God going, I want these people and I want them bad. And they have been messed up by every kind of thing, every voice, every communication, every news story, every ideology, every, I want you to go in. I just want you to be present. I will bring them to you. And he said, if you're kind, if you treat my friends kindly, I wow. will introduce you to them. Wow. And the sinners are my friends. Wow. And so I was like, I will do that. I will go in anywhere you tell me to go and we will just let you take over and tell us what to do, how to do it. Give us language. Give us anything you want. We've seen, like you said, people who've been, uh, you know, confused about their gender or about their homosexuality, whatever it is. It's like they're people. They're just yeah. people and they, they have hearts and they, they're people that God created and created in love to be on this earth at this time. And, and I think when we lose our judgment and we lose the package that they've put around themselves or the image that they've created for themselves, if we can see them like God sees them, they will be drawn into his presence. It's the kindness of God that leads people to repentance. That's It'll always be like that. And I feel like if we have a challenge, if we have a mandate from heaven, it's to go into all the world, be kind, allow God to show us things we've never seen before, take chances, take risks. Um, I, I'm literally not even, con I'm not concerned about any place that God may send me. I've had people call me up lately and go, do you want to do pagan con? Oh, wow. <laughs> I thought, oh no, <laughs> you know, don't make me do that. And then I thought, well, I, I could, but I need a team yeah. who are, who are trained to do it. So that's what I do is train them and give them, get them unafraid, get them acclimated to the world we currently live in. And so that they can be effective in the world we live in. And, um, and so all of this is, is has has been learning curves for me over the years, but we're we're watching now the fruit of it um, come about. And I and I um, I just you know we've it, even at Sundance you know we had total freedom and even uh, an open door. We had like a welcome, a huge welcome into what they call they call it the queer lounge, and it was for movies and, and uh, actors and people who were in same-sex relationships. And we would go right in. We sat down with them. We got to talk with them. Wow. We 
filmed them telling us their dreams. We had conversation. We watched them uh, have an encounter with God within that that queer lounge, and then they they got enlightenment. They got they got God showed up, and they decided that they wanted to live a different way. When and when they left, I mean, they wanted to be who they are instead of. I mean, they, we came, they came out of homosexuality, they came out of lesbianism. It was like, this is too you're good. Like, you're like dangerous why are we, too. Uh, these why are we for sure. sitting, right? Why are we sitting in church? And so, Well, let me tell you this. So know. Cindy I, has all kinds of ways that she could train and teach your local group, your church, your ministry school. Uh, and she's taking teams still all around. And you can uh, get involved with what she's building and what she's doing through her website. And also, she has an incredible book on dreams. I'm going to encourage you to get that as well. But how do people get a hold of you? Um, on my website is the best way. It's org. Awesome. And you can get her book, some of her training yeah. materials. You can uh, see some of the videos. Some of the videos are just phenomenal to see people just yes. get touched. And I think the goal, like one of my goals on having you on the show, just be, besides the fact that I love you and I, you inspire me, is that you uh, are just completely a normal Christian but you have this bravery to go into places that people like you, a white woman from Texas, don't typically go into. <laughs> you know, like like a white Christian woman from Texas who's been a pastor for 40 years doesn't usually go to the porn convention. <laughs> <laughs> Not normally. <laughs> Not normally. Yeah. But I love that you're giving people courage to go to places that are um, that, that they can find Jesus in a beautiful way and find love. And you have no us and them in you. You just have, these are God's kids. And it's so encouraging. So... Thank you so much for being on today. Seriously. Oops, I just lost you. Are you there? Hello, hello, hello. Okay, I think we lost Cindy in the end. Thank you so much for being on today. And everybody who's listening, I want to encourage you, take brave steps in love. Think about the prophetic history and the journey that you have right now and the context for how God wants to bring you outside of anything that you're involved in to new spheres, that there's all kinds of spheres you've never connected to, and he wants you to love their well. So thank you, Cindy, for being on the show, and thank you, listeners, for listening. Hey, this is Sean Bowles, and I'm going to talk to you real quickly about our Bowles Ministries partnership program. This podcast is made by Bowles Ministries, and it's done because of partners and people who are supporting our ministry, who are equipping us to be able to bring this kind of a show to you. If you're loving hearing these interviews where people are sharing vulnerably about their process, which I think is one of the most powerful things we can do is hear each other's process about revelation. If you're loving this, please don't only subscribe, don't only review, don't only tell your friends, but partner with us. Be part of the journey. Be part of the sending power of Bulls Ministries to get this message across the world. You guys can be part of our team. All you have to do is go to bullsministries.com, click on giving or partnership. And when you go there, you're going to be part of an incredible partnership community. We're going to resource you. We actually have partnership director who calls all of our partners once a year. We have resources that we send you. There's your very own special partner page with messages and videos that only you can have, but we need you to partner with us if you love this show so that we can actually take it into a whole nother level with the rest of season two, but also go into season three and beyond.